0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Hampshire Business Show Podcast. Now, there's there's already a bunch of podcasts up on the site, but those are just audio um, versions of my show. This is actually going to be part of the podcast podcast. So, I'm going to be doing a lot of these. Um, I'm going to be working up to a daily thing, or at least, you know, every couple of days. Because there's a lot to talk about, there's a lot to do. And the one interview a week, while great... It isn't enough. <laughs> It'll probably never be enough. So uh, in conjunction with having guests on and doing book reviews which is what today is going to be. And all of these things I've planned. I just There has to be more interaction with what's going on. So we're going to do that. We're going to have a lot of fun. And yeah, that's about it. So today, what I wanted to do, since it's kind of cool, since I read so many damn books... Um, I read a lot, uh, one, two books a week, most of the time. Now these aren't fiction books. I mean, sometimes they read fiction stuff, but it's primarily, um, what do you call it? Like motivational self-improvement, education, things like that. Because personally, I believe schools or, you know, college or whatnot, doesn't have a monopoly on education. So I spent a ton of time learning on my own, and I've probably learned more reading books that I've picked up than I ever have in school, which is kind of amusing, or just says a lot for my effort and motivation. <laughs> so, hold on, I need to pop this puppy open right here. Okay, so the book we're going to do today is I'm going to talk about The One Thing. Now, that's the name of the book, The One Thing. It's written by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Now, this is... It's an easy book to start with because I've read it a few times. A fantastic book. And I'll get to my recommendation if you should read it or not later. But I'll kind of give you guys an overview of the book. So, like I said, this one's easy. It's easy to talk about because I, I agree with a lot of um, the principles and all the philosophies they talk about during it. So, okay, I'll kind of break this down by part. And we'll move on from there. So the first part of the book, it's broken into three sections. It's called The Lies. So this entire section is talking about things that are wrong. Um, they're misconceptions or just things that are straight-out lies that have been kind of put out again and again over time. But they're actually doing you more harm than good. So one of them is that everything matters equally. Now... Not everything's the same. Not everything is actually good for you over time. And not everything is equal. Not everybody is equal. So, good chapter, good section of the book. Um, It talks about multitasking. Now, this I have always enjoyed because I've never agreed with the philosophy of multitasking. And I hear it all the damn time. Oh, I'm a good multitasker. I'm this, I'm this. And this section of the book goes over how... One, that's wrong. It's horribly wrong. Um, people don't understand what multitasking is. And it's con- it's it tends to be confused with task switching, which is switching back and forth between two tasks um, at the same time, uh, which is also horribly inefficient, which it talks about in the book. So I thought that was a really, really good section um, because I've, I've even written blog posts on this. I think the post was called... Uh, Multitasking isn't for you. <laughs> I was I was trying to be a little mean with that one um, because it's not good to multitask. It isn't a good thing. If you want to be productive and you want to be successful, get rid of all of the other stuff and do one thing at a time. That's, again, the book, the one thing. So it's not good to spread your stuff out of everything. Um, it goes on to talk about discipline. So discipline is kind of a cool concept because everyone thinks discipline is, you know, all the time, all the time, all the time. And I I do disagree with the book a little bit on this one because it it says essentially um, that discipline isn't as big a factor as we say it is. It's more you have to be disciplined enough to get through the period until it becomes a habit is essentially what it says. Now... While I do agree with that generally in the in the concept of it. Uh, it's very easy to slip off of habits because I used to be in the army. I'd run every day, or well, not every day. We yeah, we pretty much ran every day. We'd run, workout for like five, six years of just exercise, 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 exercise. I got out of the army, and that stopped like the next day. <laughs> I stopped working out. I stopped doing like everything, and. Um, that wasn't just a habit. Um, and yes, it is easier to maintain a habit um, with a, with less discipline. But man, that is super easy. So I think there is more to discipline than this book lets on. But I will say that it is getting to that point of it being a habit is kind of a, an important thing. Um, on the flip side of that, it talks about willpower and how willpower is more like a battery and it's not always on call, because um, a lot of people will say, "No, you just have to be stronger willed." Well, it talks about that is a limited resource in our our minds, I guess. I guess I can I I say mind, uh, but that can also be a misconception because you can run yourself down pretty easily and pretty uh, pretty thoroughly, actually. So, and that makes discipline much harder. So, like me, at the end of the day. I'm much more willing to sit down at my computer and just go to town on some snacks. I've been good all day, and then I get to like the very end of the day and I just don't care anymore. So I will say there's probably something to you know, that battery analogy that they use. Um, balanced life, pretty much what it stands for. Uh, you can have a life, but it can't be perfectly balanced, so you would never do anything. So you, you've got to be able to switch in and off of balance. So, oh, and then the last one for that section is big, big as bad. So going all out for something isn't a bad thing. Wanting a lot isn't a bad thing. You know, wanting to be a billionaire isn't inherently a bad thing. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't want that. that. That's too much or that's. Whatever, you've heard all the analogies before. Don't want money, it's bad for you. Don't want this, it's bad for you, blah, blah. There's nothing wrong with wanting bad things. The way you get to them, the way you handle that growth, um, what you do when you get there is important. But just because you have a dollar sign on your name or just because you have big dreams doesn't make you a bad person. And that's something that people can feel guilty about and ashamed about. So like I said, it's a really good chapter, a really good section of the book to check out. And that pretty much covers the entire first part of the book. Um, Then you move on to the second part, which is the truth. So, we talk about focusing. Focusing questions, I guess I should say. And this whole portion of the book is generally bringing to light the questions we need to be asking ourselves. So instead of oh i need to get this entire project done today or i need to do this whole thing and you automatically set yourself up in these really really bad situations you look at what is the the one thing we can do today that'll bring about our goals for this week or what's the one thing we can do this week to bring about our monthly goal and yearly and so forth and so forth because if you break it down, they use the analogy of dominoes. Actually, the book looks like a domino, too. Where one domino can knock over a domino 50% bigger than itself. And then that one can knock over one bigger than itself. And then so forth and so forth. So if you line your goals up, um, you actually have a really good chance of getting to uh, your your big, big dream, your goals. But you have to start with the one thing. Again... The entire book is wrapped around that one concept. So, really, really cool chapter about figuring out those questions you need to be asking yourself. And The next part of the book is about habits. So, we talked about habits a little bit earlier and how discipline is kind of a lie. Now, this section, we talk about actually forming habits. So, instead of picking, I don't know, say... Um, As I mentioned in the last part, instead of picking these huge goals that we want to accomplish every part of it in one day. um, But we can't do that. So you have to set up your goals and what you want to have happen. So you actually have to get in the habit of every morning, sit down, turn everything off. And focus on the one thing that you need to accomplish for today. And you got to make a habit of it. And after a while, people will start. Because I run into this problem a lot. I should put this in here now where I'm trying to get work done. Either my kids, my wife, my mom, always in my home office, like talking to me, trying to, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. And I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to work. Like, I have a schedule for myself as well. But they just go and go and go. And um, so they actually give me a little door hanger and this. And then I'm going to start using because in the morning, for a certain amount of time, it's going to be like 3-4 hours, be like, do not interrupt me, do not do anything. This is my time to focus on the one thing. Because I have to do this if you want to progress anywhere. Or else you're task switching, and you're dealing with the loss of productivity and time, and um, then you get to the end of the day, and you're like, I did nothing today. And then you just feel really bad about it for another day because then tomorrow you just start over and you, the same thing happen. So it talks about the being successful, at least in the forming of the habit. And once other people are kind of used to that habit, it'll be easier because um, it, it doesn't take as long as you think for people to realize that, Hey, you cannot bother me during this period of time. So cool little part. Um, let's see. The next is the path to great answers. So, it, it, it's pretty easy. Um, this part of the book is literally about asking good questions. Well, to, I shouldn't say that because it's called Path to Great Answers. But essentially what it says is, if you want to get to great answers, you need to ask good questions. If you ask poor questions, you'll never get to the end of anything that's worthwhile. So, you need to be specific about what you want. Well, it gives a bunch of categories. So, one is small and specific. Um, So an example it gives is, what can I do to increase sales by 5% this year? So that gives you, you know, an idea. Like, what do I need to do to do this? It's small, it's specific, it's good. Then there's broad. So, you know, what can I do to increase sales? Let's see, you got big and broad. What can I do to double sales? And then you got big and specific. What can I do to double sales in six months? So as you can kind of see... they look at it as like a pie chart, so there's four parts of each quadrant has its own little thing. So it's you have to ask good questions so you can tailor the answers you want <laughs> around those so you can begin searching for them. Um, and again, I'll let you guys do the reading. I'm just going to give you an overview of what this book looks like. So, And then we have Extraordinary Results. Now let me flip forward in the book here a little bit. So we've got Extraordinary Results, uh, which is the third part of the book. So we've got, let's see. The first section is live with purpose. Um, it talks a lot about Ebenezer Scrooge and kind of until he found a purpose for living outside of money, um, which is an unhealthy purpose, kind of the obsession he has with it, and is uncaring for people essentially. Um, it ta- without that purpose, his life is miserable. And then he finally finds something, and it changes his life entirely. So that. It, that part of the book kind of talks about that. And then you have priority. Um, so we talk about goal setting and all this stuff, productivity. These are the next few chapters of the book, which I've mentioned a couple of times. There's what's the, the someday goal? What's the big goal you have that you really want to accomplish? And then how does that lead the five-year goal? And then how does that generate the one-year goal and the monthly, and the weekly, and the daily, and the right now? Um, cause a lot of people like to look at puzzles from where you are now to the big picture. When in, in all reality, we should be looking at the other way around where you have, this is my goal. And then you start creating, um, almost stepping stones from there that are plausible to where you are now. And that's a really good way of making it not seem so daunting. Um, because I know I have that problem too, where I'm like, man, I want all this stuff, and I have no way how to get there. <laughs> I have no idea. But then you just you break it down, and like, okay, I can do that. You know, I went from having one little camera recording my interviews to three cameras and audio equipment, and now I film out of a TV studio. And even though it's a small public access thing. You know, it's that it's that next step to where I want to be where I might have an actual show on TV. And even if I don't do that, um, I'm going to get a, an, a studio, which is our next step, is we're trying to get a studio so that we can create a more... How do I word it? Uh, product. <laughs> a better-looking product because I love, I love the public access thing, but the quality that it comes out as isn't what I would like it because of the green screen. So when I'm able to create you know, a product like that, that's gonna be our next step. So I'm actually in the process of doing that right now, which is kind of funny. So hopefully in the next couple of months, you can hold me to that, hopefully. <laughs> um, we will have an actual studio and I'll actually be able to do um, much higher quality productions out of my studio. So that's kind of my next step onto the goals I have moving forward. And let's see, then we got the three commitments. Which I'm not really going to get into here because the the chapter is really good, um, but I don't want to be the one to explain it because you know there's got to be something in this book <laughs> that you have a reason to go read. But it's really really good. Just take my word for it. And then see four thieves' journey, blah blah. So essentially, the whole last part of the book is kind of a little better of a how to how to go through it. I'm just flipping through this to make sure I didn't miss anything. But There's there's so much, drop my book. There's so much that we can do and that we should be doing, and we lose it all in the day to day messes that we create, and um, either from sitting there being like, yeah, I'm gonna throw on some music and being distracted, and you know, having loved ones who, while we love them, at that particular moment, you know, their purpose or their uh, drive isn't aligned with yours, so you know. They're like, hey, let's go do this. And you're like, sure, that sounds like fun, but, you know, that's not helping you with your goals at all. So you got to really look at what you want to accomplish, what you want to have accomplished in the future. Um, Have the discipline slash habit to uh, get there moving forward and to stay on task. Or else you'll never reach that level of success. And uh, that's the general point of the book is to find the one thing. That the one thing that drives you, the one thing that's your purpose, the one thing that can help you right now to help you meet your one thing. <laughs> so you'll you'll hear that term a lot throughout this book, but it's easy to remember um, and it's a very powerful point. So the recommendation is I would definitely read this book if you have a chance. I own it on the audiobook version and I have a physical copy of it because I wanted both because it's phenomenal. Um... I've read it three, four times already. <laughs> As I said, it's, it's a very good book, and the things it points out are really good. So I think I've been using the word good too much. <laughs> oh, well. So if you get a chance, read it. I would say it's an absolute must because um, there's a lot of things that people misunderstand, and reading through it you know, to get your own opinion is definitely beneficial to you in the long run. So if you haven't picked it up or you don't own it, Definitely pick it up, definitely own it, and pretty much enjoy, so it's a lot of fun. Um, so that is pretty much it for this week. Next week, I have a couple books in mind. I'm thinking about doing this fantastic book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving Up something. <laughs> I'm trying to keep the swearing down because this is a business show, but you know... It's the title of the book, uh, but yeah, it's a really, really good book, and it's very interesting because it's it's counterintuitive to a lot of things that the industry tells you, you know. So, if you want to hear more about this book, you know, I'll be kind of giving my review of it next week. Um, I'm just about done it now, and <laughs> not only is the book hysterically funny, it's it's brought up a lot of really, really good points, and I think looking at things from the negative side isn't just as important as looking at things from the positive side. So, you know, reading this book is very, very good, especially in, uh, in relation to the one thing, which is a very positive heavy book. So yep, yeah, that'll be pretty much it for now guys. So thank you for hanging out for me for this long. I just realized I've been talking for like 20 minutes. I didn't think I was going to be able to do a book review for more than like five minutes, but it's definitely been a lot longer than that. So Uh, Thank you all for listening, and until next time, keep being awesome.